What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm Ray Harkins. You are sitting here with me to eavesdrop on a conversation that I have had with people in and around the independent music world. So, uh, yeah, I like to set up the premise for those of you that uh, join at random times, because uh, I have a feeling this is going to be an episode that will uh, penetrate a lot of people because the guest is in a very popular metallic-ish hardcore band called Stray from the Path. It is my friend, Tom Williams. He plays guitar in the band. I've known him for, uh, we go over it in the interview, but gosh, like f- close to 15 years. <laughs> it's been a long time. And uh, I was really excited to have him on. I tried on multiple occasions to uh, make this happen, but we finally did it and we uh, we get real deep. But let's get through some uh, observations and musings in my life as of late because uh, things have been pretty heavy, unfortunately. Um, I'm not going to go into uh, too many excruciating details on this, but uh, suffice to say, any of you that know me pretty well know what member of my family I'm speaking about. But uh, for those of you that don't, that's fine. You'll still get uh, something hopefully engaging or interesting based around this fact. But I had to take part in an intervention last week. So one of my family members uh, has battled through some uh, alcohol and uh, not drug addiction. Well, uh, I guess uh, prescription pill addiction in regards to painkillers and stuff like that. And um, has battled with suicide and suicidal thoughts. And uh, I've had to uh, experience some pretty uh, pretty grisly scenes uh with this whole scenario and uh, on Friday was uh, another scenario and like I said I'm not going to divulge too many details for respect of uh, him and my family but um, had to sit down with him in the hospital and the rest of my family members and talk about his future and his plans and how he's going to potentially kick this habit that has plagued him for gosh I don't know 13 14 years of his life and um 
uh, I don't know. I just maybe wasn't mentally prepared for it because I, I went to the hospital expecting a, a different sort of uh, scenario and visit, but uh, it turned into something pretty serious. And um, I was, even though it was intense and traumatic, I was really, really uh, glad that I was able to participate in this, uh, more so from the fact that it was just, uh, it was really emotional. You know, it's people burying their souls, um, not only him, but then his family members, the, the pain and the rawness and the emotion of, of caring about somebody. And, uh, you know, I've said this in multiple times throughout, uh, all the interviews that I've done on the show. It takes effort to care. It's super easy to not care, to become disengaged, and to, uh, frankly, just coast along. So to be in a room where there was really intense emotions flying around um, felt, uh, I felt good, even though it was, like I said, really harrowing. And um, when I left the room, it was like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I don't I don't need to experience that anytime soon. But uh, f- hopefully this this program that we have him checked into now, he's uh, his first day of it today. And hopefully he will be able to come out the other side, uh, ultimately having options for how to cope with life without the crush of substances. Because, um, I mean, as you well know, I personally don't adhere to any of those substances. I'm straight edge myself. And um, anytime I see people battling with that, it's obviously something I can relate to on a certain level. But I don't know what people go through when it comes to that. So I don't pretend to project like, oh, yeah, just just quit it, right? Because I know it, it is such a battle that people have to go through. So um, if you or your family or anybody else that you know suffers through this, um, just know there's options. You know, people feel like they're at the end of their rope, but you'd be surprised at if you fray that rope a little bit, how those those little frays can be something you can hold on to. And it's like, oh, wow, maybe I can go off in this direction. So anyways, I just uh, I had to get that out there because it was a really... um, yeah, forceful event and something that I feel like should be discussed openly because there's no there's no shame in the fact that uh, people need programs and AA and whatever else is out there that people do to get them off this stuff. So, anyways, that's uh, that's what I've been through recently. So I hope that your last week was uh, going better, and I hope that this week is going very well for you as as well. So, like I said, Tom Williams, great great human being. And I know I say that for basically everybody that appears on the show, but, um, you know, I've got, I got a lot of years with this dude and I've dealt with him on more than one occasion through a variety of different channels and, um, just a, a, a upstanding citizen of the independent music scene that we live in, you know, has ethics, principles, all these things that, uh, you know, sometimes people uh, strip away after they've been doing it for a long time. But, uh, Tom is basically the same person that I met, uh, you know, many, many years ago, except he's uh, smarter, wiser, and uh, more of an adult, which is awesome. So here is my discussion with Tom, and I will speak to you uh, after the episode is over. So don't don't miss that, okay? Because if you tune out, you're missing some crucial information. Okay. Obviously, you've been there quite late. A long time, like early 2000s, almost 12 years. Right, I remember it because I was 17. Right. That's all I remember. <laughs> well, but I, I obviously, I mean, I know you've mentioned that, like we, because uh, we played together yeah. in Long Island with yeah. On the Mind of Princes and yeah. Curl Up and Die. Uh huh. Um, Curl Up and Die didn't play. Curl Up and Die. You're correct. It was it was supposed to be Curl Up and Die. We'll talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Go. No, no. Run through it. Who, oh, who, okay, it was. 
It was like our show. It was like the best thing in the world. It was. You guys set up set up the show? No, no. Okay. But it was with no local, and we literally like. I was like, what do I need to put in my mouth to play the show? Like, right. I'll do anything right now. Right. And it was taken minus or minus. Oh yes, say, yes. Which is to this day probably the one of the biggest influences of my band ever. I love that band. I know you don't really. No, right? no, no, no. I well, well, they're like crazy. But they didn't drug play addicts. that. They didn't play that. They didn't show. Play okay, that yeah, show. yeah. They dro- I remember they dropped off the tour, and this is my. I, I called. I called a minus. I never heard minus. It's actually minus. Yeah, but I hate saying it. It makes me feel weird. Right. But it's, it's pronounced minus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like Sigiros from Iceland. Yeah, Sigiros. Right? No, no, no. It's no, like no, no. yeah. No. But I re- I remember because we were they were supposed to obviously on that whole tour, yeah. and we were supposed to meet up with them in Southern California. And I remember getting the call from Curl Up and Die. They were like. Yeah, they dropped off the tour because basically they did too many drugs in, in New Orleans. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Anyways, so continue. Bummer. So it was Minus, uh, Taken, Curl Up and Die. But Minus and Curl Up and Die dropped right. on that show. On the Light of Princes was there. And then I think maybe, was it another band? Was it Darkest Hour? Darkest Hour, yeah, Darkest Hour was on that it tour was Darkest too. Hour. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that they played that show, They though. didn't either. Because, because I, I think... remember three of them dropped. Right. And, and, and I'll never forget, like... We were all bummed that like minus dropped or whatever, but we were just like, "Is Taken playing still?" Because we didn't even like on the Mighty Princes. We were like the five people from Long Island that didn't like them. We were the only five people. Totally. And I think a lot of it was, and actually, it's funny because Chris is actually a friend of mine now. But right, he used to play drums in a band called Her Last Words, who we loved that. And then he borrowed our drummer cymbals and he broke like three of them and just like handed them back. We're like, "All right, thanks," and then drove away. <laughs> we're like, "How the fuck are we supposed to play these?" We're like sixteen, you know. Totally. So we like hated him. No, but I, we're like friends now. But anyway, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we were like, fuck on the Minor Princes, like sure. the worst. Not our thing. But, and then, so, I mean, we still played it. I could still remember that. And then I'll never forget, uh, you know, the two guitar players had like all these like huge rack unit. Like the, We did. We bought them the next day. <laughs> we bought them the next day. So and sick. I still have one of them in my house that I don't use, but I keep it. And I'm just like, I remember that was the Taken thing. We called be like, oh, put the Taken thing on for this one. <laughs> Swear to God. Because we all had rack unit stuff because they did. Right. I'd never forget that. That's unbelievable. It was so weird. I do remember, like, I, I don't remember specifically you guys. I do. I remember the show, obviously. Being Thank like God. VFW. By the way. I know because <laughs> that that was like 2002. Yeah, or, yeah. And so we were rough. Right. <laughs> we were rough. We were still straight from the path. <clears throat> yeah. But it was fucking rough. Like. And I, I remember, and so then I remember reconnecting with you. It was like a, maybe a year or two later where I was working at Century Media yeah. and you, we were emailing with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was one of those things I was really, um, uh, I, I was impressed always from your um, professionalism. Like you were the type of person, like I would be getting emails because clearly you, it's like you were like trying to obviously find a record label sure. opportunity for oh, your yeah. band. And like desperately, I, to- desperately. Yeah. And I, I saw that and I recognized it, but there are people who it's like I would open my inbox and I'd be like, oh Jesus Christ! Like I'm sure. getting this email from this person who I've met fucking you know a few years ago or whatever. Yeah. But for for whatever reason, it was like the way that you were uh, you were just you were personable, you were confident in your band, but not arrogant about it. There was just sure. like this. Uh, you left an impression on me in a positive way. That's really nice of you to say that. Well, I, yeah, I, I cool. and I appreciated it because it was one of those things where it was like I I couldn't I couldn't take the swing on you obviously at Century sure. Media. But it was one of those things where it was like I, I, I felt that something was was kind of around the corner for you guys. But was that um, w- w- you kind of being sort of the networking person and the business guy? Was that always kind of the, the way that you were like trying to deal with people, like being professional, I guess? I thought about it so recently is that I was like, 
I guess the way I went into it was that these people already know, like, think nothing of me. So who gives a shit if I if if they don't like me? If this, you know what I mean? So I was just like always like, you know, and I'm just gonna go for it. Like, cause if not, like someone else will go for it, and we won't get it. You know what I mean? And it's like, right. So dude, I used to like, I would hit you up. I would call guy from the red cord and yep. i would like call the singer of tony danza tap dance extract i would just hit these people up uh-huh. and be like wait who who are you and i honestly like and i would just be like look i'm not trying to you know bum you out like i'm just trying to i just want you to hear this like i think you would like it and i would just constantly do that and it was so weird i guess i like blacked <laughs> out for like two years i'm just like hitting up all these people uh-huh. that i worshipped Right. You know, like you and Guy and Tony Danza and fucking Ed Gain and like all these bands oh, yeah. that I literally like would bow down to. Sure. But I would just hit them up and be like, listen, this is the, you know, this is what's up. Like, I just want you to hear it. I think you would like it. Let's do something together. And they'd be like, let's do something together. You guys are a fucking local band. I was like, but I'm trying to change that. You know what I mean? I was like, what can you do to help? And honestly, the band, which is so weird because I hit up all these bands that worship and I hit up a band that I don't even listen to called The Burning Season. You know them? Of course. Okay. So weren't they at, from weren't they from South Carolina or, uh, or Maryland, Virginia, Maryland, Maryland, that's right. Virginia? So right. I hit them up. Hand of Hope Records. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hand of Hope. Of course. Oh man, great! Yeah. Uh, they had this album with awful artwork. It was green. Green. It was I totally remember that. <laughs> so yeah. funny. I remember. I remember it being good though. Those motherfuckers took a chance on us. Okay. We, they let us come out. We opened their tour, and the guy who booked their tour was Ash from Sumerian. Right. And uh, they let us open that tour for fifty bucks a night. And uh, which we were like, we said we'd do it for free. And they were like, and they're, and Ash was like, yeah, do it for free. And we're like, fine. And they're like, no, we'll give you 50 bucks. And I was like, that's insane. That's so much money. Like, right. why are you paying us? Yeah, right. So we were freaking out. And honestly, that from there, like we became really good friends with them. And then behind the scenes, like he gave Ash our record. And now we've been on Sumerian for almost 10 years. And it's like, right. that changed our, our life. And honestly, I'll never forget that he wasn't our booking agent. Cause normally like if a band, a support band does a tour for a headliner, you know, you don't pay the headliner's booking agent. Of course. You pay your booking agent. I was our booking agent. So I'll never forget this. I sent Ash. It was like 30 shows, so $150, all in $5 bills. And I paid him 10% of our fucking guarantee. And I stuffed it in an envelope, and I mailed it to him. And then he hit me up. Oh, no, then he didn't hit me up. And then I called him on a Sunday. Which in my head, I don't, I don't know that that's a thing, of but course. I know it's a thing now. Right. You know, if like anyone hits me up on Sunday, I'm like, this is literally the only day where I don't want to do anything. Right. right. But anyway, so I hit him up on a Sunday. And he's like, who is this? I was like, this is Tom from Straight from the Path. I'm like, who's Straight from the Path? I was like, we just did the burning season tour. He's like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I sent you your commission. He's like, oh, you sent me that envelope of $5 bills. I was like, yes. I was like, I appreciate your work. You know, I thank you for giving us this opportunity. I want to make sure you got compensated for it. He's like, that's really strange and very thoughtful. I was like, yep. I was like, check out our record, too. I put a record in there, too. I was like, that's all I want you to listen to it. And again, we signed to him. It was crazy. I just did all this weird shit that like, I definitely just blacked out at, like, as a teenager. But, you know? but I just it, did all this shit. That, I mean, that has to come from somewhere, though. Like, I mean, does I that... I have no that, idea where it comes from. Like, where, I mean, whatever. Let's tracing it back. Like, you, you are a tried and true New Yorker. Like, oh, born and raised. For sure, yeah. <laughs> were you, like, born where? Like, in Long Island? Long Island, or? yeah. I okay. literally lived in Corn, Long Island, forever. And I mean, honestly, what it was, okay, so we, we're growing up, we're in a band, and then we have a ton of friends, whatever. We're going to shows, we're skateboarding, we're playing music. Rare for people like me, right? right. So we do that, and then everyone got like into like drinking, and then like weed and all that shit, and then, I, then we stopped skateboarding, and some of my friends stopped going to shows and stuff, and it was like, and then I really just had stray and shows and stuff, right? and friends from shows, and I was just like, I was so mad 
at like weed and alcohol and shit for like ruining the stuff that I love to do. Like mm-hmm. we would go into like a there's always a Starbucks or a Walmart parking lot. We just skate around and, and blast like Pig Destroyer and like all this weird shit in our car, and I loved it. I was so in love with it. So anyway, and then everyone started doing that, and then my friends that were musicians, you know, even ones that were in Stray, started leaving Stray, and then they started like other people in other bands. They would they would leave their other bands, and then stopped going to shows, and I was so mad. And then finally, started getting together, and I was just like, you know what? I was like, screw this. I was like, I'm done. Like I this, I want to be a part of music because that's what I loved, you know. So. And then it, it was honestly, it was Glassjaw. Glassjaw did it for me because Glassjaw was the band that I would see in a small venue from Long Island. And then I saw them blowing up and signing to Warner and, and playing these huge shows. And I was like, fuck, they live like, you know, 10 exits from me. Like, <laughs> right. they, they, got, they did it. Why can't I do it? So we started booking shows and they were terrible, terrible tours. And I'd, we'd go to like New Jersey, then Maryland, and then Louisiana. Like literally that was a drive. I'll never forget that drive. But we went because we were playing with the number 12 looks like you. And, and we were like, oh, it's going to be a huge show. It was like 30 people there. It was terrible. And, you know, but we just did that because we just did everything. Then we'd go and we played Jacksonville at the Imperial with Psyopus. Of course. And, and there's all this fucking weird shit because we were just like, oh, Psyopus, it'll be huge. No one was there. Right. You know, we were just doing all this shit. And now the promoter... Of that show at Psyopus. He now still books in Jacksonville, remembers us. He's like, you, the weird guys that drove down to play for nothing to play with Psyopus. So I was right. like, yep. I worked at a bagel store. I made all my money, and I put it right. I bought a van, bought equipment. I bought equipment for our other band members that couldn't buy it, and then I paid for gas, and it was just, like, crazy. It was just crazy. I was you, so stupid. Well, no, but, I mean, there there's something to be said about the uh, the – the focus in which you obviously approached it. Cause there's usually it's like you have like the one guy of the band, one or maybe two people that are doing this sort of business. Yeah. And then you have the other guys that are contributing in other ways, sure. but aren't, they, they could care less. Like they yeah. just need to be told like where to show up and whatever. Yeah. Which is fine. Like uh, to me, I just like, <clears throat> I, and even still that way, I'm just like, look, the only thing I want you to do is to show up when we go on stage and be 110%. And then if I ask you to do something stupid like pick up a rental trailer, just please do it. You know what I mean? Like that's basically what I want you to do. Right. You know, and they do it. Like I'm not trying to say like I do everything. And, no, like, no, no. You know, they, you know, I definitely do everything. But it's like right. they're there for me if I need them. People contribute know? in different ways. I definitely had to be like motherfuckers. Like come on, you know, sometimes. But sometimes, you know, my dad had to do that to me when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like everyone yeah. has to do that sometimes where you just don't know. You know what I mean? Like, right. The uh, And so you, did you have any other visions beyond – just wanting to be in a band. Like, did you care about school? Did you like, did you have like a, a I guess any sort of like career mindedness about you in regards to like, I would like to do this. No, never, <laughs> literally, literally never. <laughs> no, it's so funny. Like I went to, I tried college for a bit. Mm-hmm. I dropped out after a semester. Cause it, I went and I was like, there was, I had all these cool classes. It was called five towns college. It was music and shit. And I went to like a class called record promotion. I was like, this is so fucking awesome. Right. Our guy was so old and it was, he had, he was talking to me about terrestrial radio and I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Like, right. no way. Like, you know, so I was just like, was I, it like a community college? Uh, no, it wasn't. Was, it was, okay. a, it was a, it was an expensive college, right. but it was in like an abandoned, uh, what do you call it? Middle school building. So oh, it, looked, sure. it looked like a community college, but it was very expensive. Right. So I go and I, you know, tell my parents, I'm like, look, I'm, I, there's no way, absolutely no chance. And they're like, well, you got to go to school. And I was like, look, I'm going to go on tour. I was like, there's online classes. I was like, I'll do them if you want, but I don't want to do them. And they're like, would you do them? And would you do them? Would you take them seriously? I was like, I'd take them kind of seriously. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, so we'll try it. So I did that for like a semester or two. And then I was getting like C's and shit. And I was just like, I was like, I'm learning more on the road. I promise you. Right. And like my mom got it. 
And did, did you actually realize that at the time? Oh, fuck yeah. I really? Was like, Dude, I learned shit from just emailing you or, or right. just talking on the phone with guy from Red Corps. Like, I learned from that shit. Or touring with, you know, guys in like, this is hell. Or like touring mm-hmm. with all these bands that like we started playing shows with. You learn from that. You learn from promoters. You learn from just talking with other bands. And right. You learn from late. I learned so much. And that's why I was going to a music college and all these people were sitting there about record promotion. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like you should be learning like how much you should be paying like cost per goods of merch you want to sell or records <laughs> right, you know right. i was like you want to be learning that shit and and i was like and you want to learn what kids like to to hear you know like like not that like we ever ever like shaped our music for kids uh, clearly not because for 2008 to 2012 <laughs> no one liked us right you know and that's what like makes me a bitter well i'm trying not to be bitter now because like we started doing well in 2013 and 14 and 15 right and now all these bands are coming out, and they're like, and I'm like, God damn it, motherfucker. I was like, I did that when no one cared. Right. And now it's starting to do well, and now everyone's just taking it. And then, But now I'm just like, you sure. know what? You're like, well, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Like, people still like my band, and that's all that matters. Maybe if no one liked my band, I'd be a bigger asshole. But. Of course. So anyway, school, I didn't give a shit. Me and Drew went to school. Drew dropped out of high school to go on tour. Um, and then I, f- I finished high school only because... My neighbor was my principal, and he loved me because I'll try to make a, a long story short. <laughs> there we had this janitor. His name was Jesus, or was Jesus. We called him Jesus because he was like the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. His son was killed at a club in Long Island, and he like went away for two weeks, and he was just like you know went through some shit. And, and everyone knew this dude, so like basically, I went around and like started getting like people's change from like lunch and like going around asking people, telling people I'm like when he comes back, I want to be like. Here's Boom. a gift. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you're you're the fucking man, you know? And we I got like over a thousand dollars from just getting like ten cents and thirty cents and a dollar and all this shit. Literally like over a thousand bucks. And then I get suspended for God knows what. So I wasn't there when they gave them gave it to him. But everyone was like, This dude did it, you right. know, and, and it was cool. So I come back and I see him in lunch and he gives me like a huge hug and it was awesome. Principal calls me and like on the thing, like Tom Williams I was like, I didn't literally did nothing. And so I like I was like, What's up? They're like I heard about this, like, I want to say it in the announcements, I want to put it in the paper, I want, but I'm like, no way, like, do not, like, no chance, Pl- literally nothing, and he's like, he's like, what do you mean nothing, I was like, it's for him, and like, you're gonna take it away that this guy's, was, is great to everybody, right. his, kid, his kid was shot, you know, like, literally murdered, when Long Island is not, like, a sketchy like that, at least where I was from, mm-hmm. I was like, and this was for him, and now you're making it about something else, I was like, no right, way. about you, I was like, right. no way, I was like, do not say anything, he's like, okay, he's like, Awesome. So that's the principal, also my neighbor. So, and then I came home like a couple weeks later, and my mom was like, What is this? Because I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anyone. My friends knew because they were helping me, right? Right. And then it was a letter from the principal, and she told my parents, He told my parents what was up. And they were like, This is so sick. So, anyway, this is going to sound shitty. But it's like, <laughs> like all this nice stuff, and now here comes a shitty thing. Sure. So, <laughs> I remember, I'm still a shitty kid. Of course, you know? right, right. But I, I had like this stuff where I wanted to do cool shit, right? But right. I didn't care about school. So, I go to the principal, knowing he loves me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, look, I got this really good job. No, I didn't have a job. Right. I was like, it's a good job. At a job. bagel it's shop. A, right? <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, it's a really good job. I, you know, it's a system manager. I really want to work it. It's, but it's from nine to whatever. I was like, can I be in night school? And he was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, great. So I just slept till 1.30. <laughs> you know, I was like, Amazing. It was, right. it was terrible. So I went to night school, and I actually went to night school with Drew because he was a shitty kid. <laughs> right. Completely shitty. Like, <laughs> right? So me and him would go together, and then we were just like, 
that was it. So I didn't care about school. He dropped out of that, you know what I mean, which was terrible. And then I finished that, but I still was just like, fuck this. I'm not learning anything at all. You right. Know? So I just went on well, the run away. I, I just find, I find it interesting because usually, like, I, whatever, I look back on, on the, the same sort of experiences that you had with my band. Yeah. And, like, I didn't, I personally, as I was doing all this stuff, I didn't really realize I was, like, quote, unquote, learning anything. Sure. But it sounds like you were, like, pretty cognizant of being, like, you were actually developing skills. Oh, like, absolutely. And it's just, I, I find that pretty, um, I just find that unique. For sure. And, and I just got lucky that I was learning from the right people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, and that's why I get so bummed about music now is because, you know, and I don't want to, like, shit talk any band. Again, I'm not trying to be bitter. Yeah. But right. I went to shows and I, and I emulated what I saw. Sure. You know, message, music, ethics. That's what I did. So I made sure our music was interesting. I made sure our words were interesting, at least meant something to the four of us. And then I, meant, I made sure that our ethics were constantly working because to me, hard work was everything. And now you see all these bands get on stage, giving huge tours off the bat. They have scrims and backdrops and lighting boxes and clothes and backtracks and huge merch spreads. And and now the kids that go to shows now emulate that, sure. and that's where the fucking bummer comes in. And it's because it's not even their fault, but it's like you know they're emulating people that didn't work for shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I know there's a band where um, the one of the members, uh, like oh, his mom owns a huge fruit company, and she like straight up paid for everything, paid for all of it, like, sure, a, like a bandwagon, like all their instruments. P- bought them on tours, and now the band's fucking big. But now they just, like, they play backtracks, like, they're barely playing their instruments, and I'm just like, God damn it. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I was watching Rage and, and fucking, you know, Taken, and, and every time I die, and I was like, oh, my God, like, I need to get better. Like, yeah. how do I get better? Right. And that, not just like, oh, so if I get Logic and Pro Tools, I could just space bar and I'm perfect, you know? And I'm just like, no way. Right. Well, because, yeah. yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's a huge difference between... The, because obviously once <clears throat> bands started to be able, when I say bands of like the independent punk and hardcore community, once you started to see them be able to like make a living off of it, and then obviously you're going to extrapolate it further to be like, like you said, the culture that kids are raised in when they're watching something for their first exposure being like, oh, so that's how you do a band. Exactly. And like they don't, because it's one thing about having exposure on like, obviously like Warp Tour. Like it's a, gr- I mean, all of us had that experience. Sure. Going to Warp Tour and being like, oh my God, I saw, you know, Rancid and Quicksand or whatever. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it's, that's foundational. But then it's like, there, there does need to be the knowledge gathering beyond just that sort of one concert experience. You for know? sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, this, but now it's like, it, it, it's for sure not from one experience. Of course. But now it's multiple because now every that's show true. they go to, it's all these fucking yeah, jerk offs yeah, yeah. up there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying not to be bitter. No, no, no. The but New York I, is pouring out of me. But, uh, but yeah. I, I mean, uh, the the because uh, I think the the interesting thing where for your perspective and where you're coming from is because obviously your band is like you said not only ethically driven by the way that you know your work ethic, people can look at how much work you've put into sure. it from yeah. like just a sheer touring standpoint, oh, yeah. the shows you've played, but then also the fact that your band actually like says something. There is a message behind it. Sure. And it's not just you know talking about your your feelings yeah. for every single song that exists. Exactly, which is never bad. Like, no, we have songs about our feelings for sure. You of know what course. I mean? Like, but, you know, sometimes it's just, it's a little much, you know? Right. And, and I just want, like, you know, even if someone, like, this is going to sound shitty, too, but if someone was like, I support Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and here's a song why I think that, part of me is like, you know, 
the 80% me is like, fuck you. Yeah, what is that? The 20% musician is like, well, at least, thank God. You, you know got what a mean? point like, of At view. least you're saying something. You know what I mean? Like, and, totally. And now it's like, like I saw someone and it's like, and I'm not trying to say like the, you know, the cop stuff is ours, mm-hmm. but it's like, we're definitely one of the few bands that have s- taken a stance on police brutality, you yep. know, many times for the past three years. Right. And out of nowhere, this band just comes out with a video and a band that I like a lot, you know, they're good friends, whatever. Anyway, they come out with a video and it's all about this cops and it looks like a straight from the path video. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about that. It's like taking our shit because it's not the thing. Right. Where I'm mad is they go and they play and I just saw them. Right. And they play and they don't say a goddamn word about it. They oh. haven't They haven't said a goddamn word on their Facebook or Twitter or anything. Right. They have not said a goddamn word telling people. Because if anything, I'm psyched that this band who's bigger than my band, right. band who has a different fan base, everything. Has they're starting to say this, but they're not saying it. It's a lack of, it's lack of like, consistency. Yeah, it's like leeching off of something they think is cool or sure. hard or quote unquote. Yeah, maybe. it's like it's it, to take it, especially in in independent music. Like it's not hard. It's not hard to take a stance against police brutality. Like most people, generally speaking, in our community would agree. Like, oh yes, there are <laughs> there are some missteps that police have done. Oh yeah. But then to be able, like you said, to to back it up when it's like you are presenting a message driven thing yeah and then when you're not consistent about like utilizing your platform in some capacity that that's i can, I can totally empathize and, and you would be surprised how hard it is to be for police brutality yeah pro- oh my god you, you guys think receive- so yeah no that's all true i get all the time from 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 like people who and do it's do always do people actually like approach you at shows about that or or is it never? Is it, okay. <laughs> fucking never. <laughs> no one will ever approach okay. you at a show. Okay. I've had some conversations where I was like, where it would go from Facebook to email, and then I would finally like, because then I could long thing and make it personal, and then I'd be like, listen, where are you from? I'm from Raleigh. I'm gonna be there on February third. I'm let's. I'll put you on the guest list, and you and I are gonna go out to eat. And I've done that two or three times, and I would just be like, look, it's fine if your you know father, uncle, whatever. Fill in the blank is a cop. Sure. That's that's fine to an extent. I'm not targeting them. Yes, per se. yes. Right. Well, I, maybe I could be, but you I don't know. Be, right? I don't know. But right. I'm just saying, like, you're allowed to support your family and not feel wrong, and still be against, you know, shooting a black person in the head. You know what I mean? Or maybe six cops in a van with one guy stomping on his spine until it breaks. You know, like maybe you could not be for that. You know, like right. They don't need to be mutually exclusive. You just exactly like like to me if like if like you know I know a, a, a cop and he's like you know oh, I did this and how oh, this my partner did this and I how did I'd be like you're the fucking man you know like sick mm-hmm. but I've I've yet to meet one you know right so right just, you know I'll never advocate all cops are bastards which I get into arguments a lot because people who are against police brutality or, or for against whatever sure they're like oh all cops are bastards I'm like mm, sure but no like you know I right. don't I don't believe that because even if there's one guy I think that's fucked of course you know what I mean and well it's the it's the I, I think the the myopic vision of the, that sort of statement it's like it's, it's it's the same way like whatever I've I've been raised religious and I still self-identify as a Christian even though I don't particularly uh, agree with the idea of religion because obviously in and of itself is man-made and yes like, it's imperfect same idea where it's like these institutions people like government people like cops that the institution is what is being rallied against not like you're saying like you know joe blow next door who's like going to work every day and you know doing the right thing in the squad car Mm -hmm. you're not attacking him it's the institution it's the fact that like there there are like bad apples in every bunch is as much as there's good apples in every bunch and it's like yeah that's that's when it gets frustrating when people only view it one way they're just like Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I'll never bend on the idea. It's like yeah. every single fucking cop is the worst thing ever. Yeah, and all the same thing with every cop is the greatest. And I'm just like, no, both of you are wrong. <laughs> right. But, you know. <laughs> totally. Like, but, the, you know, they're think, they're eating bad apples and they're like, oh, this is delicious when they're wrong. Right. And then these people are, are you know, are fucking, you know, digging through and finding the good apples and be like, oh, everything's good. Now. Totally. You know, they got like, blinders on. Right. Listen, here's the thing. I don't, you know, I don't like cops. I, I don't like any cops in the past couple of years where I've started to become aware of this shit. Right. But it's like, if people are going to be k- getting killed, you know, where, where it's like, oh, more people were killed in one month in America than, you know, the last decade of UK. And I'm like, that's yeah. it. You heard what I just said, right? Like, that's, that's statistically real. Yeah, that's right. real. Right. So, and I don't know. That's where I get, I get a big thing. So everyone, honestly, most people... I don't want to say most people because they've definitely all been weeded out in the past three years from Absolutely. they just don't like stray now. Of course. You know, but we definitely hear it where mm-hmm. I'm just like, we, we released another video where we released the first badge and a bullet and everyone was like, oh, okay, yeah, well, like, you know, police shouldn't be hurting people. And then we put out the next one. We're like, no, they're murdering them. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot. We had some pretty serious like lyrics in there with some pretty serious like claims. Sure, <laughs> of and, course. And, and we, and we got more. And then honestly, we would ask our friends to share the video. Like I said, the ghost inside. I'm like, yo, I was like, post our new video for us. And they're like, fuck yeah, hell yeah. So they post it. And I have never seen more people against it ever. Like they lost their minds, their right. fans. And I'm just like, all these like Marines and all these like cops and all this shit. Like, yeah. I can't believe you support this garbage. It's like, yeah, I can't like, believe you support the garbage, but I mean, right? You know, you're calling my band garbage. You support murdering cops. Like, there's literally cops that murder people in there. Like in that video, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like there's like a a tribute in the end of all these people that like were you know popular cases mm-hmm. of people that were killed. You know, sure. and it was in there, and everyone's like, "How could you get mad at us for that?" Like, I just showed you that these people, like Walter Scott, like a guy that was in South Carolina who ran from from a cop because he had like he had um. A charge for missed child payments. Okay, he got shot in the back, and then a and then a cop on camera was caught planting a gun in his hand, and it was like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's how do you refute that? Exactly. Yeah, I get so mad. The no, I could tell. I mean, but oh, I mean, I, up, yeah. but but I think it's I I, I think it's important because it, the I think what I've also admired about you know yourself and your band is the fact that it's like. Because you you toiled for so long, where like you said, no one supported you. Yeah, no like it, it's there. There are very few instances because the 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 tenacity in which you approached, where it's just like, well, it's it's either this or nothing. Sure. Like you're going you're going to be a band regardless. Yes, if people are paying attention or not, Absolutely. you're going to be a band. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's um, it, it's very it's a very rare instance where a band has existed for a long time, and like you said, all of all of a sudden people start to gravitate towards it. Yeah. And the the idea that it's like, you know, you you existed from whatever, 2000, you know, realistically once you started to tour, like, you know, mid-2000s up until, like you said, 2012. Yeah. And so it's like, were was it ever an option for you? Like, did you have those dark times of like, like, fuck, should I keep, like, should I keep doing this? Um, n- no, because it was always our music that saved me because I'd listen to our record and I'd be like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why does no one like it? You know what I mean? And, and, and what I came to, and this might have been arrogant of me to say it, mm-hmm. but I was still just like, maybe just it's ahead of its time and maybe I just need, need to out, you know, just wait for these people to grow up because that's the way I looked at it too was, you know, and 
Like I used to listen to some bad shit <laughs> when of I course. was younger. I mean, I'm sure you did. I we got, all do. I and it was probably for the Long Island, but I was obsessed with From Autumn to Ashes. Remember oh, that? sure, of course. Remember that, of course. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, horrible. Looking look, looking back, especially in the first ferret full length, it's like that's... Too bad you're beautiful. Of course, that was my shit. Oh, but then that... I listen to it now, and I'm like, I was like, oh my right. god, you know, like of course. Clearly, vocal tuning didn't exist. You know, I'm not trying to take shots at them. They're a very no, successful band. Totally. They're from Long Island. Like they cap, they captured that moment. They did real well, absolutely perfectly. Having said that, I'm 28 now. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rough. So totally. you know, I, and then you know what though? When I'm listening from on the ashes, and you know all that stuff, and then like I would go to a festival, and I'd be like, oh, who's who's this band? Uh, oh, fuck, it's Unearth. You know, or mm-hmm. playing like you know strings of conscious like kind of, of shit. Course. And I'm like, whoa, like you know. And then I start. Oh, what's this strike anywhere? I'll check it out. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I just fart, start seeing all these like, you know, mature-ish kind of bands or whatever. And then I just I stopped listening to From Autumn Ashes, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think people would listen to you know like whatever fill in the blank band from 2012 that mm-hmm. doesn't play anymore. Right. And uh, you know now they broke up, so they're not around, and then all those people don't have those shows to go to. They go and see us, and now they're stray fans. You know, and that, again, that might be arrogant to say, but that's really what I just think it was. I just needed them to grow up. Clearly, it worked that way for Refuse too, because their last show in America was the fifty people right. in a basement, yep. and then they went away. No one liked them. Now their album is legendary, and right. they, I saw them in New York play two shows back to back to ten thousand people. Yeah, and I'm like, people needed to catch up to it because uh, Shape of Punk to Come was ahead of its time. Sure, sure. That's. I mean, it's just interesting that you again, kind of had the attitude of just like the, maybe it's a the sort of like, you know, blue collar New York idea where it's yeah. just like, oh, if I keep my head down and just keep pushing through, like, hey, eventually something will happen. Yeah, like stupid. <laughs> it's definitely stupid. That's what I, I, if I, everyone, if anyone ever asks me, like, they'll be like, well, what does it take? You know, I'd be like, it needs a lot of resiliency and you need to kind of be stupid and need to be lucky. Right. Because, you know, that's basically what we were. You mm-hmm. know, we were stupid we were resilient and we were lucky. You know what I mean? We were so resilient. Like we flip our van, you know, this is when we first started doing well. We flipped our van and we didn't miss a show. We like literally crawled out of the van and be like, all right, call a rental. <laughs> like, you know, seriously, <laughs> right, like, right, right. we get picked up by fucking terror and we, and then like, I'll never forget that. So it's snowy out. Right. We get picked up by terror and Nick Jet from terror mm-hmm. drives and he drives like 85 and he blasts like hip hop. Like, and, um, and I'm in the back, and we just flipped. So, and I haven't slept because I was the one driving when we flipped. So I was, like, up all night, and I'm, like, freaking out. And I'm in the back, and we're driving so fast. And I'm like, I'm like oh, my God, it's going to happen again. Like, who has two van flips in, like, a couple hours? You right. know what I mean? Like, I'm, like, right. freaking out. And I'll just remember that. I don't right. know. But I'm yeah, saying, yeah, like, 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 that's resiliency. Like, to me, I'm like, we're going to die now. Like, I just mm-hmm. dodged death, and I, now I might still die. Right. Now, yeah. And but but to me, I'm just like, but I got to make the show in Salt Lake. You know what I mean? Like, right. This is so this dumb. is the life or death. This yeah. is the most important thing as of right now. It was, so dumb. And it was funny, too. Like, the, the time before we were in Salt Lake. Like, and this is why hardcore is so fucking sick. So the last time we were in Salt Lake, you know, we've never broken, like, $500 in merch, whatever. So we go there, and we're on stage. We're like, we haven't slept, and we're like... We almost died, but fuck it, we're here. We're gonna play some songs, and everyone's great. We did three grand in merch, and it was like, what the fuck? What you know, happened? Honestly, they just bailed us out. Like there was four hundred people at the show, right? You know, and like that was like, wow, we did like almost fucking ten dollars a head, right? We're fucking no one, you know? Yeah, and it was just like, but they were just like, even people were just like, all right, fuck it, like let's help this band buy buy some shit, right? And like so awesome, you know right? What I mean? And like, and that's another thing, like where you know. 
and the, the GoFundMe stuff is cool to an extent, but I just hate that now. It's like anytime, oh, I stubbed my toe, or like yeah, I broke yeah. it a little I bit. I got a flat tire, sure. right? And it's just like it ruins it, like because the community's still helping, but to me, it's just now it's just like give, like give, here's money, like whatever. And now people know that people are doing that, right? And now everyone's asking for it. Well, especially when it's like you do see when you're able to filter through the things that don't need help, and then yeah. you actually see something that does. Sure. Where it's just like you you do get concerned where it's just like when i mean granted like compassion is clearly a renewable resource like <laughs> that it's not going to end with human beings sure. but it's like you do wonder where it's like if people are constantly inundated with that like you you there's to a certain extent you become desensitized where it's just like oh is this is this equally uh, as important oh, no, another gofundme no to me it's like you know what deserves a gofundme the ghost inside bus exploding and almost of course dies. you right. know what doesn't it fo- like doesn't uh, need a gofundme Oh, I left my backpack with our money in it, and it got bro- stolen. Right, right. Well, you are ridiculous because you shouldn't do that. Yeah, this like, is a very important lesson for you to learn. <laughs> exactly. Well, like, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, if that happened to us, I, w- I would be embarrassed to tell people, let alone put it up publicly. Put it on the internet. Yeah, sure, like, and, sure. and ask for, more, for money. And I'm just like, yeah. that's, like, you should, like, have a bank account. You know, I hate the banks, but... Still, it's safer than your car in, in St. Louis. You know, right, like, of course. So that's why I get bummed. But to me, like the ghost inside thing, like those guys are unconscious. When I went and saw Vigil in the in the, uh, in the nursing home he was in, mm-hmm. he didn't even know. Like he was still like coming out of like, a, I'm like, I was like, man, it's so crazy how people pulled together for you guys. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what, do what you are you mean? talking about? I was like, dude, I was like, are you serious? He's like, I, he's like, dude, he's like, I've been gone for seven weeks. Like I was literally in a coma. Right. I'm like, I pulled up a list where it said everyone. I was like, dude, bring me the rise and gave you 10 grand. Yeah. Like, he's like, 10 fucking grand. I was like, yeah. I was like, the Wonder Years gave you a grand. He's like, I don't even know those guys. I was like, I know, dude. I was like, 100th gave you a grand. I was like, he was just blown away. And I'm just like, that is fucking sick. Of you know course. I mean? That's fucking sick. But it's like, oh, I left my stuff in the van. Please give me some. Like, <laughs> right. now no. everyone knows that people will give. And right. it's such a bummer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? 
good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know that's right. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 1067 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B. Hello, please pardon this interruption, but I have a very, very important sponsor to talk to you about because it's one that I personally have used and I believe in greatly, SeatGeek. So you've probably heard of these other ticket providers like, you know, StubHub and the like. SeatGeek is incredibly different. They have an app and it color codes the value of seats so you know you you're going to uh, say you're going to go see drake over the summer or you're going to see beyonce uh you know I, I mentioned that because obviously uh, they are very very popular tickets so what you can do is you pull up the seat geek app and it gives you these color codes where it's like green for great deals yellow for eh, so so and red for yo don't buy that unless you are a dumb dumb and you like to waste your money so uh seat geek i've had a few different experiences i went to san antonio texas and i purchased some spurs tickets through seat geek and it was an awesome experience and uh i've done some various shows through seat geek as well and um it's just a great experience so there is no reason that you need to go to five million different ticket websites seat geek pulls all of the results for you and it makes it super super easy for you to navigate and it also shows you the view of the seat this is incredible like there's there's really no reason for you to use any other app or service when it comes to buying your tickets and they're always honest and upfront about their ticket prices. It's not like you go to check out and they're like, wait, what's this additional $15 or $20? I, what is this? Service fee? I don't know what that is. It's basically like, yo, here's a ticket. Here's three bucks for shipping. Cool. Talk to you later. But here is where you come in. I w- I'm going to give you money. Well, not me technically. It's obviously SeatGeek. But what you need to do is you download the free SeatGeek app on any device you have that is mobile. So pop into the app store, type SeatGeek, download it to your phone, and then go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. This is important. And then enter the promo code words, W-O-R-D-S. And then what you'll do after your first purchase, so you know, you type in the code words, you buy the tickets, and then SeatGeek's like, yo, thanks for trying out our service. Here's 20 bucks. Straight up, 20 bucks. I've done this myself, and I got the $20 via PayPal. It's spectacular. So there is no reason for you to try this thing out because you will get the best ticket for the best value, and that's it. So enter the code WORDS after you download the free SeatGeek app, and then you get $20. Boom. There you go. Thank you very much. And now on with my conversation with Tom. Another thing I've I've been amazed at your kind of resilience for too is the fact that it's like because you guys sound like a band that existed before you like obviously Raging Against the Machine, the uh, the amount of people that just like put you under that rug and were just like oh that's where the band is gonna like be for the rest of your lives and yeah. like yeah of course like that is your sonic foundation and all you're sure. gonna do is build on it um, but like did did that sort of uh, genre classification. Um, like bum you out over time and time again where you're just like, wow. So every record we're going to release 
is going to be like tagged like that, or is that just like, oh, that's that's fine. We're compared to that. It's fine because the way our music sounds like that for a reason. Because I always wrote music for what I wanted to hear, mm-hmm. and they haven't. They're my favorite band, clearly. They haven't put out a record in 20 years or whatever, right. and I want to hear it, you know? And that's why, like, I play what I'm missing in my life. So that's why, like, it, that's where it comes out. You know what I mean? And, like, um, and like when we put out a record, like, forever ago, 2007, Villains, which no one bought, yep. um, you know, that was because, you know, Ed Gain broke up and, like, you know, uh, fucking bands like that were just gone. And, and and I was like, all right, well, let's make a crazy, like, chaos, because there's, there's a need for that right now, personally. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you know, Rage isn't writing music like that. You know, and to me, I don't even think our, our I mean, there's definitely stuff where it sounds a lot like Rage. Of course. You know, but it's also borrowed a lot from the Warriors, which I suck their dick a lot. You sure. Know I mean? And, and yeah, then yeah. a lot of people don't know that. Um, but it's just like, the Warriors are gone, Rage is gone, and it's like, that's my shit. And, you know, but to me, like, there's never, there's not one fast beat on any Rage song besides Year of the Boomerang. Of course. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, like, we don't sound that much like Rage. Right. You know, it's like, but... I'll take it. I don't give a shit. Like, people could say we sound like, I'm trying to think of what band that gets compared to whatever garbage. You know what I mean? Right, so I'm, right, right. I'm like, you think we sound like Rage? Thank you. You're like, mission, mission accomplished. Yeah, like, thank God. If, if, Rage is, if Rage is Coke and Warriors is Pepsi and we're Cherry Pepsi? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah you're sick. some variation. I'm still sick, you know? Yeah, you're like some, some variation of that. I don't give that. a shit. Like, right. that's cool, man. Um, and then now, like, even though you are, I mean, cause you're, you're late twenties, how old are you? 28. 28. Yeah. yeah. So like, e- even by any stretch of the imagination, like that's considered like older within sure. the context of, of hardcore. And like, because you have reached a level of success where it's like now, you, you know, younger bands look up to you and like there, there's that notion where it's like you're touring with sometimes, you know, children who are like late teens, early twenties. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, there's no, there's never seemed to be, like, a sense of ego about, obviously, the band where you're just like, oh, that band's playing over us. Like, that's fine. Like, sure. They're more, like, that, how, how was that, was that an adjustment period for you to realize, like, oh, oh man. Yeah. Okay. Dude, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> Look, okay. and I'll just go out and say it. Sure. And, and I don't want to get weird because no, they, they're my friends now. Yeah. And I'm going on tour with them in a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Their name's Beartooth. Yes. I heard them when they first came out. The band's been around for a fraction of the time that we've been around. Of course. They sound similar to my band. Mm-hmm. They were in a band that, or, or Caleb was in a band that I think was terrible. Sure. And I was like, oh, we're never playing with them. Fuck that. No way. And then you know what? I met them. And I was like, all right, they're nice, but whatever. Still right. fuck them. Good, good guys, bad guys. And then like, and then, and then I would see them live and I'd be like, man, that's a great riff. I was like, wish I wrote that one, but still fuck that. And then you know what? And then I, then like I start talking about shit outside the band and like, you know, we're talking about normal stuff. And I was like, you know what? These guys are fucking cool, and maybe I'm just gotta stop being such an old pussy. You uh-huh. know what I mean? I'm like, this band is good. You know, they do sound like my band, and, and they've they've openly admitted that. You know, right? I don't care. We'll support you. You're bigger than we are. I don't care because you know what? If people like your band, then and your band sounds kind of like my band, and my band's playing with yours in front of all your fans, which are more than our fans, then this should go well. So I don't care. Right? I don't care. I don't. Sure. So you know, I used to be that way. I'm over it. I'm so over it. And did it. you, like, did, did you specifically, like, turn down tours and all that sort of stuff? Like With them? No, just, uh, I guess, in general. Like, when you were in that that sort of negative headspace of just, like, oh, fuck those bands because they're younger and they're capitalizing on shit that we've built or whatever. Like, not even so much, like, that description. But, like, did you uh, you specifically avoid those sort of bands because you were bitter? Um, I don't think so. I think we would always be, will kids be there? All right, we're in. That, you know, was, that, yeah, that yeah. was always it. I don't okay. care. You know, and, and we were prove, proven wrong 90% of the time. Okay. Like, oh, we get a wins a plague offer. Oh God. Will kids be there? Yeah, they're big. All right, fine. We'll do it. 
best tour he ever done. That was so important for us. It was crazy. It was f- Winds of Plague, Despise Icon, For Today, Us. And it was like, we don't sound anything like those bands. I was like, you know, like, uh, but whatever. I don't care. Like, kids will be there, short. Sure. That was the biggest tour he done at the time. And mm-hmm. It was so important for us. And then, you know, we just we just didn't care. It, but, but you know, sometimes we'd be like, oh, this is going to suck. Like, why the fuck are we doing this? Blah, blah. We do right. that all the time. But... <laughs> That's just because that's then, what we do, right? And then you and then you meet the bands, yeah. and you're kind of like, we're like, yo, Johnny Plague is sick, dude. Like, right. oh, Andrew Glover's my man. Like, we're just saying all this shit, and now it's like, right. And same thing with Beartooth, where we were just like, oh, we'll never tour with them. They're they're jocking our stuff. It's like, no, look, they first of all they sing, we don't sing, whatever. You know, they make riffs that are good, like people like them. I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm just right. Done. Like, I really like those guys. I enjoy their company. I I don't they don't think their band sucks. They draw a lot of people. You know. Let's have fun for a month. You of know course, I mean? yeah. Like, sign me up. Exactly. Um, and so then, a- as you started to, uh, you know, continue to obviously work the band, mm-hmm. um, like, how did your, uh, you know, how did your parents react? Like, is it one of those things where they were just like, "We have no fucking clue what Tom is doing. Like, this is <laughs> this is terrifying. Like, you're making horrible decisions with your life." Or yeah. was it just like, "Well, Tom's doing his thing." It was kind of both. All right, my mom was behind it from the beginning. She okay. was just like, like. We well, we flipped our van. We needed a van. My mom's like, "Okay, here's five grand. Pay me back whenever you can." It took me forever, but pay, yeah, you know, pay <laughs> right, whatever. Right. So, but she was always like, she saw that like you know, I loved it. You know, she would come and see us. She'd see that I'd love it, and then she would slowly start seeing like a oh, hundred kids are here and they're psyched. Oh, two hundred kids are here psyched, and oh, three hundred kids are here psyched. Uh-huh. Holy shit! Uh, so she would so, go. She would go to your shows. Oh, every every show on Long Island, she'd be there. Really? And, and now she lives in California. Moved out here too. She saw us at Chain, sold out Chain Reaction, and you know Chain. It's like. Every show sold out. Every show is the best of their career, you know, and that was that for us. But she doesn't know that there's that ethics. No, no, chain no. Where no I was right. like, you know, I was still nervous because in Southern California, we didn't start doing, you know, well for the past year. For some reason, no one ever cared. L.A., Orange County, San Diego, no one cared. San Diego was still working on. But it was like we sold it out, but we were on tour with Comeback Kid. And I was like, well, we sell it out because of Comeback Kid. Like, fuck, I don't know. Blah, blah. And our, our right. show was unbelievable. It was uh, unreal. Mm-hmm. You know, but she saw us play, like, little shows. And then she starts playing, you know, then we sell out a 500-cap venue in Long Island. And she's like, wow. So, like, yeah, she saw the momentum. She loved it. She she loves it. She, like, listens to my songs and whatever. She'll come on stage. She'll wear a straight shirt. It's great, you know? That's My awesome. dad, on the other hand. Are your pa- parents still together? No, they're split up. Okay. They've been split up for a long time. He didn't get it. For the like forever almost, you know what I mean? So he and he like never came. He came to one show when we were a local band that we were selling tickets for, so we bought a ticket. Of course, it was a bleeding through most precious blood, amazing, and it was great. Yeah, and it was a huge show. And um, because it was right when bleeding through was about to like blow up, like right, right when uh, this is love, this is murderous, whatever yep. came out. Mm-hmm. So it was a big show, so he doesn't know who bleeding through is, so he thinks they're there for us. So he's like, Oh, this is great, like whatever. That was it. This was like 2004, right? So right. Then we start touring. I drop out of school. I don't have a job. Like, you know, actually, I had a job, but it, I worked as a dealer in a poker room, <laughs> like, which was, I made so much money. It was crazy. Really? Yeah, I was working two days a night. I would make $1,000 a week every time. That's, That's how I funded a lot of it. So, like, I went, I was working at a bagel store when I was 15. Yep. And then when I was about 17 or 18, I would work at there with the, the singer of Backtrack, James Vitale. You know? Yes. Me and him worked at, a, at a, a poker room together. And that's honestly, we funded a lot of shit that way. So that's amazing. We, we make so much money, right? So like, was it like at a casino? Like it was at fuck no. It was like back oh. of a pizza place, oh. like next to a pool hall, like sketchy. Like you can't. Holy. There's no casinos in New York. But was there's, no, that's true. God, yeah, I, unless they're Indian reservations. Indian reservations. Yeah, yeah. So like, how how did how do you even get involved in that, dude? 
I have if no you're, idea. I was about oh, to say, oh, if you're legally allowed to say <laughs> No, I mean, I, I don't care. I've, I've said it before. <laughs> so our old bass player, not our bass player now, but the one before him, his brother was a dealer there, <clears> and he would invite us to come play, and we'd come play, and then I'd play a lot, and then they'd be like, I'd be like, yo, let me, let me work get in on this. And now it's like, it's funny because like every time like we play cards on tour and people don't know, like it's my turn to deal. I get the card. I'm like, and I'm like, great. Oh, they're probably like, terrified. The yeah. They're like, what they're is like, that? Oh, are you going to start cheating? I'm like, no, that's like impossible. But I was like, but I'm really good at it. You know? So, but anyway, so me and James would do that. We, we get a lot of money. So anyway, right. my, to my dad, I have no job, but I had a job, but I didn't tell him. Right. Um, and I had no school. And then I guess I just think he looked at it as like disappointing to like his friends or colleagues or whatever. He doesn't have anything family. to brag about. Yeah. And he, so he was like, like he didn't want to say, oh, my, my son's in a band that screams. You know, he's, he, yeah, didn't, yeah. he didn't find that it's safe. Me- it's meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. So you what know, is your, what is your dad? What does your dad and mom do for professions? Um, my mom is a life coach. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, of so, course. And, um, Dude, then you, yeah, I She's see that. I see that in your DNA. And, and, my, and my dad is in sales, so there you go. But but it's cool because I kind of have both of their, you know. You do, yeah, I, yeah. I literally have the life coaching and the sales together, and here I am. Sure. But it's like, but that's how you could see why my mom was so for it, and my dad was so against it. Mm-hmm. And you know, he tried to support it. And once we put out our first album on Sumerian, and he could buy it on Amazon, and it was on iTunes. He thought it was it cool. It felt real. And then he was like buying shit. But then from that after after that album. Which it's funny because that album Villains came out and sold two hundred copies in its first week. My dad probably bought thirty of them. So <laughs> Joe so, Joe ran all the best buys. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. So he did that, and then after that, it wasn't really happening. So uh-huh. he was still like, you know, he'd have, why are you doing? Like, how long are you gonna keep doing this? Like, right. you know, and I'd be like, as long as it takes. And he's like, yeah, but you're throwing out these years. You need to start doing. It. I'm like, I'm not. I was like, trust me. I was like, this is what I'm doing. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. And then like a couple years go by, it's still not happening. He's just like. And he even said to me once, he's like, yeah, he's like, I, I, you know, I'm upset I got you that guitar. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, don't say that. He's like, no. Wow. He's, like, yeah. he's, like, he's like, look, he's like, I know you're really good. And you worked hard at it, but I just want you to do more. Like, uh-huh. I need you to start doing this. Cause, and I don't blame him because when he was, you know, when he married my mom and they got a house, he went out and he grinded so hard. Like, he did, like, the craziest shit. Like, he would tell me stories about, like, working from, like, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., like, selling shit for ADP. I don't know, it's, like, some payroll thing, but he yeah. worked there forever. So he would, like, he would just grind for his family, right? And this whole time I'm with my girlfriend, who now is my wife, and, and you know, he's like, well, when are you going to start getting ready for that? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, when the time comes? I was like, I'm not trying to make choices. Like, I made, I was like, I have the decision I believe in it. I'm going to go with it. And he's mm-hmm. just like, all right. And we have these conversations all the time. Like, So it took until Warp Tour, Long Island, Jones Beach, huge crowd, and he was on stage for that. That was the first show he's seen since we were a local band. Wow. So like 10 years. Yeah. 2004. This is 2014. So he's on stage, and I'll never forget. I don't think he knew what he was getting himself into because he has no idea about Warp Tour, right? <laughs> he gets on stage, and like... We're it's we're all setting up and then Drew like you know does the entrance thing we're about to start everyone f- loses their shit and we fucking slay it and then afterwards we did like a signing thing in our tent or whatever mm-hmm. which normally I'm like it's it's a chore for me because I, I hate where I have to make it like an event like I I always walk around I always talk to kids whatever right of course which, so I don't I don't like I, I'm not saying I don't like talking to kids because that's literally all I do. But I don't like making it like, oh, you could come meet me at X o'clock. Of you know? course, like, right. The, so, the, the egoness of it. it. It's rough. Yeah. So, but we do it afterwards and there's like a line of like 300 kids. And it's like, and he was just like, he's like, the first thing I'll never forget, he's like, how do they know the words? I was like, I was like, <laughs> I, was like I love that. Yeah, it's it's, I, I love it because it's like, it's such a, it's such a parent thing to sure. ask. Like oh, yeah. they're trying, they're trying to place this in their head. Oh, they're yeah. like, okay. 
I don't understand this in any like, but I got to grasp on to like the practicalness of exactly. it. Like yeah. how, how, so how, like, how do they do that? I was like, I was like, well, we've released many records and people have bought them to right. come to believe it, you know? Right. And ever since then, ever since Warped Tories, he's totally for it. He's like, oh, what's up? I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in Holland today. He's like, awesome. How's it going? Oh, it's show sold out. I was like, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah, it's going well. You know, and he sees right. pictures online of us playing like to like 5,000 people in Australia. And he's just like, now he's like, okay. I get this. He, he put it together, and I saw it when it was rough, and I didn't see the end picture. He did, and now here it is, and I get it. He understands it. So he backs it now, but it was it was a long time. And it yeah. Was a, it was a bummer for a minute, but I understood, and I was just always like, I was never like, why doesn't daddy love me? Like, my uh-huh. dad loves me to fucking death, but I was always like, why doesn't he support the band? And I'm like, I was like, you know what? He just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure he gets it one day. Sure. And he did. I got I to gotta prove it in some kind Like, I got to exactly. put it... Put it in terms that yeah. he would understand. For sure. So sometimes it was a bummer, but the fact that he finally came around to it, I just needed to make it, have it make sense to him. Right. To the point where, you know, I never had to be like, hey, dad, I was like, I'm 200 bucks short on rent. Like, can you help me out? You know, like, it was always like, because he always did. I was very fortunate that he always had my back, but then it would be times like that. I'd be like, I'd be like dad, I'm $80 short on rent. He's like, $80? Like, he's like, you're 22 now. You know what I mean? I'm like, I was like, I know. I was like, um, trust me, I'm going to work it. And now it's like, right. I'm, I have a career. Right? Yeah, you're like, I'm self-sufficient. Right. You know, and it's like, now he gets it. Yeah. Now he's so now, and now he's like, that was all that money like he ever helped me with. It was worth it. You know? Right. So. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. When did you... um, when did you start to feel, uh, I guess, the momentum change for the band? Like in your own head where it was like when, I mean, you always felt it was real in some capacity because you were living it, you know, you were putting so much work into it. But like, when did you start to kind of have a perspective on the band where you're like, oh, wow, like things seem to be changing as far as like, whether it was uh, attendance, tour offers, like whatever made it, uh, for lack of a better term, legitimate in your head. Sure, sure, yeah. I remember that the exact show, we were on tour with Stick to Your Guns in Canada and we played Toronto. And it was like before our album Anonymous came out, and okay. we opened with the song "Badge and a Bullet," and it was crazy, like crazy. And I'll never forget we played that, and it was like no one knew that the song was online for like a week, and it was the biggest set show, biggest song of the set. And we get off stage, and we're all like fucking wide eyed, like smiling and shit. And I'll never forget Josh from Stig comes to us, and he's like, "I've never seen you guys get that before." And I was like, I've never seen us get that before. He's right. like, he's like, that was crazy. I was like, yeah. And he's like, congrats. And I was like, holy shit! Like, thank God, it's finally starting to go somewhere. Right. And but I'll, I'll never forget that because seeing his face, he was almost like, what the fuck was that? You yeah, know? yeah. I was like, I like I, I've I've seen you guys a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I haven't seen that. Exactly, because we toured with Evergreen Terrace, you know, and, right. and and that wasn't a good tour because that was towards the end of Evergreen Terrace. You know, Josh's reign in Evergreen Terrace. Right. So that wasn't good. And he saw us on that. We were very young and didn't do well. 
So I guess that was kind of his thing. And then we did that, and it was like, oh, my God. You right. Know? So I just remember that. And then from there on, man, it's just like, oh, you know, Under Oath hitting us up. That's fucking crazy, you know? And then, like, oh, uh, whatever is hitting us up. Oh, now we're going to England with Architects. That's huge. Oh, we're going back to England with Architects? That's even bigger. You know, like, right. we're just getting all this cool stuff. And then it was like, then our friends that were in bigger bands started to realize that now they could take us out because we were worth something. You know? Right. So, it, was, it wasn't like a total imposed favor yeah, yeah, of like, exactly. oh, Now it's God. like, actually, this is a good for us and we get to hang out with them. You know, like, that's, so that's like, that worked out because then we're hanging out with our friends, playing big shows and shit and, and they're having fun because the sh- now we're starting to draw and it's like, right. it was just good, man. 2013 yeah, yeah. For, to, to now, it's just been cool. It's just, yeah, the ball has been rolling. And we're just like, thank God. You right. Know? Thank God. Did the, um, uh, just be, because you've obviously put so much focus in, in the band and, and your identity is obviously wrapped up into it, but at the same time, your, your ego, obviously, like you seem to be, have a healthy ego when, and I don't mean that in a negative sure. way, removed from the band. Like, yeah. if for whatever reason the band ended in six months, which mm. obviously it won't, yeah. that you would be, like, you know that there's people that you know in other bands where you're just like, man, if the band ends, I don't know what that person's going to do. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, you don't strike me as that. Where it's like you would you you have not only external interests, but, like, there, there's a drive inside of you that you'll be able to land on your feet. Oh, yeah. Um, or or does, that tur- does that turn around that corner scare you? No, not at all. Like okay. the band, if they get a text right now that said, "Hey, I'm out," I'm like, I'd be like, "Fuck, that sucks," because we did this, all this work, you know, for for what then? Because we're like, why would we stop now? You know, right? But I'd be like, okay, well, I guess I'll work on this now. You know what I mean? Because yeah, here's the way I look at it. I know we sound a lot like Rage Against the Machine, sure. but I've said for years I want to always mold our band after Converge because Converge does this. You know, Nate and Ben have other bands. Kurt has a studio, and Jake does his label and the design, and they all do Converge when they want to, when they feel mm-hmm. like it's right. And where, you know, they still put out records and then they'll do two, three tours a year and yep. they're all big and like, you know, big to like a realistic standpoint of doing 500 to 1,000 people a night, you know? And it's like, that's all I want. I will tour until I'm 50 if I could keep doing that because I know those guys are in their 40s, yep. you know? And it's like, they could, like I saw them in New York less than a year ago and there was like 700 kids there. And I'm like, that's all I want. I just want to tour you know, get to the point where I'm old enough where I could have, you know, kids or do what other careers or shit and I could still make records with Stray and still tour with Stray and it's like, and I still make the same amount of money I am now touring 10 months a year, right. just touring three. It's you know? just, right. You want to make it sustainable. Exactly. Right. But the turn around the corner, like, it, again, I, I've always like, okay, what's my death wish? What's my God City studio? Like, what is that? You mm-hmm. know? And that's what, you know. I started doing all this other shit, you know, so. Sure, sure. Cause it, and, and to mention that, like, you do, uh, obviously, you do other people records. Yeah. And then you also, you're also managing bands yeah. on the side as well. Yeah. Well, not, I'm not even the side, but, like, as, as a, a supplement to everything sure. that you're doing. Uh, those seem like total logical extensions, obviously. Yeah, it checks um, out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, was the, I mean, that, that was, was born out of, like, the fact that you knew you wanted to have other interests outside of just the band, right? Well, I just knew that I could do it because I'd done it with a band that literally played like in a garage uh-huh. that no one liked for, and then now people like it. And it's like, I've seen everything you'd see, like from almost dying to, to not selling records to doing really well. Mm-hmm. Like I've been everywhere. Like, so I feel like I had a lot to offer bands. And that's why like, you know, doing the label with Jesse um, from Stick to Your Guns made sense and doing the management made sense and, you know, it checks out. Like obviously like not saying I'm, Gretzky, but Gretzky right. retires. He coached. Checks out, of course. He's the best one ever. Why wouldn't tell other people what to do? Right. You know what I mean? So 
I don't know. It just works worked out, and it's fun because now it's like when I put out an album uh, on our label, I'm like it feels like my label. Like I went to um, this band Wander uh-huh. that we just put out their record, and they're from San Francisco. Surprised them at their show, and and I was like expecting to be like 40 people there. I was like, oh, I hope it's okay. And it's sold out, and I was like, I was like, I feel like I sold this out. <laughs> this of feels course. like my show, right? You know, even though they're the ones who put in the work, but still, it's like it just feels like mine too, and it's sure. cool. You, know? you can and share in the success, exactly, and that's why it's like if when I'm 40 and Stray's not playing anymore, which is most likely what will happen, like, you know, I could, I still want to live that through other bands, you know, right. and if I could help with knowledge or money or whatever, then I would, I would do that. Right. You want to be a part of the community exactly. in, in some capacity. Yeah. And, and that's why I always manage bands that, that line up somewhat with my ethics. And I'll always sign bands that line up with my ethics that like, you know, Jesse and I will always sign bands. We'll be like, here's how we do things, you know, because stick to your guns has made a career the same way I've made a career mm-hmm. by just going and just doing it and just doing it and doing it and doing it. And we're like, so this is what you're going to do. We'll put out your record. We'll help you get on tour. And then you're going to tour as much as we can get you. And they're like, okay, and that's it. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, you're Cause, like cause right. they're like, because then if anyone's like, oh, well, could we get this like, you know, PR campaign? And we're like, well, sure. But, you know, getting a fucking thing on whatever.com is not that sick as playing a show to 40 people in Philadelphia. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, because then those 40 could turn to 60 and then whatever. Right. Like that's the, the age old tradition like that, that, exactly. that works. We, there's a band on our label that oh, makes me want to jump off a bridge. And um, but they're just like they, they, they signed with us for three records and they signed with us because of Jesse and I saying that this is what grows a band because we've done it ourselves and it's worked forever. The fucking Beatles toured, you know, Elvis toured, you know what I mean? Like Richie Valen died touring, Touring. you know what I mean? I'm like, these people, you tour, that's what you do. And they're like, yeah, sick. And now they're just like, oh, what about radio campaigns? We're like, no, no. We paid for it for a while and then they're like, no, you got to go on tour. And they're like, Oh well, 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 and I'm like, well, you bought into this. This is what we're about. We we tour, right? That's our. These thing. are the, these are the ethics in which that it's like you want you want money by. for touring. It's here, like right. here it is, right here. But if it's for anything else, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and then it just turned into this whole thing, and yeah, and it's and it's so frustrating because people don't get it because pe- everyone just wants again. It goes back to what I said before. They want to emulate what they see, mm-hmm. and and what they see is oh, some you know jerk off just got on fucking whatever radio station. And now he's headlining Coachella or whatever, you know, whatever. Right. But it went into me, it was just like, oh, wow, I'm looking at Every Time I Die with support from Bleeding Through and Norma Jean in a garage. And it was actually, there was an, another band that drove down and played the show for free from Massachusetts. They're called Barrier Dead. Right. They had two singers. It was rough. Um, but they, but that was like, Barrier Dead, I'm getting in the van. I'm going to mm-hmm. fucking do it. Every right. Time I Die, the headliner is like, I'm getting in the van and I'm going to go and I'm going to play a garage. And I was like, that is our ethic. Totally. You know what I mean? And there's lots of, like, there's this girl on our label called, uh, her name's Brianna, but it's called Many Rooms and, mm-hmm. and it's like acoustic, like, uh, like kind of daughter-esque kind of thing. Oh, sure. Um, anyway, but she, she's just like, tell me where to go and I'll play. Like, that's it. And I'm just like, God damn it, I love you so much because just be everybody on our label. Be, be 10 yeah, bands yeah. right now. You sure. Know? And she's just like, oh, I'll play a dorm room. Fine. Uh, and then I'll play a, a real venue to 200 people the next day. Sick. And then I'll go and I'll play in someone's living room for 10 people. I don't care. I'll right. play anywhere. Right. And I'm just like, thank God. Right. You're, you are the greatest. Yeah, you know? that's, so, that's, the, that's the backbone. That's the foundation yeah. of everything that you can build on is the fact that, like you said, it's just like that's no matter what scene you adhere to, mm-hmm. it's like you can point to anomalies everywhere sure. and be like, oh, that's, that's, they did that because of the radio or everything else. Mm-hmm. 
But then it's like there's there's you know ninety eight other stories where it's just like oh yeah I just toured for a while yeah <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah that that happens that is a real thing yeah. um, the <clears throat> two last things I want to hit on and this is this is very insider baseball but I think funny where did Ed Edge sing for your band he sang for your band correct yeah oh man. <laughs> What is that? Re- and I'll, I'll set it up for obviously like ninety nine point nine percent of people have no idea what I'm talking about. No idea. The, the Ed Edge was was this this really interesting guy based in Virginia Beach. He Wait. was he was in Virginia Beach no, for no, a little no. bit. No 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 no. He's from Long Island. You might be thinking of a different Ed Edge. I am one hundred percent thinking of a different Ed Edge. Okay, sorry, different people then. Okay, yeah. I thought it was the same guy. There was this the kid that I knew. He basically he booked. Uh, he booked tours for bands. Like he booked definitely not the edit. Okay, yeah. he booked tours. He booked like the Taken tour we did with uh, Alexis on Fire, Between the Buried and Me, uh, and oh It Dies Today. It was an unbelievable oh tour. My God, so and it sick. was just one of those things where it's like, you know, the, the day and age of like people offering to book tours, where you're just like, sure, I'll believe it when I see it. Sure. But then like he he started getting show confirmations. Anyways, so here's me putting together both those. Okay, different person. <laughs> Did, does you, it? Does it? I <laughs> wish you could just rattle off tours that you've done right now because i'm just gonna be like god damn it that was by far probably one of the my most favorite tours what just was the best one the best tour that we did from uh i it, it was probably that just because i mean as far as like i guess the expectations because like we did uh, that was like alexis's first run around the states between the very to me and people was, cared about them yeah i, I, I don't know because i know they're fucking rock stars everywhere no the people I, mean, I, I never knew what it was like here yeah they they didn't they never did well here and when i say i mean like never did well like in comparison they, uh, totally okay like you know i remember we played a show on that tour but between the very me and dies today or no this is a different tour but we were doing with alexis and we played uh rochester the bu- was it like the bug jar or something like that i don't uh, know whatever it was just might be before me random venue um i know polar bear club played a lot of shows there but we so like uh, the the whole tour was like you know between fifty to two hundred kids and then this the Rochester show I was like why are there three hundred like it just felt different mm-hmm. and I was like it's because we're close to the border mm-hmm. and then like we played Buffalo and it was like that was the same yeah. thing because there's kids coming across the border but so yeah Alexis had just released or I, I think it just signed to Equal Vision between the Barry and me had just released or was like weeks away or actually they released on that tour Silent Circus. Oh my god. It Dies Today was turning off the Life Sentence EP, the, you know, Forever Scorned or whatever. Sure, I never really cared about them until it was Cative Choir. Cative, yeah, yeah, that was true. That's what, the one that I, I love. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, but it was just like, it was a, it was a perfect balance of, of oh. heavy and light, which yeah. us and Alexis could do the light. Between the Barry Mid Dies Today could do the heaviness. Yeah. But then was, also you kind of fall in line with BT Bam in that, because like their EP yeah. was very much taken friendly to the point where it made of sense. Of course, the technicalness yeah. of it, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, that was probably just, because I think all of us went into it with like next to zero expectations of just like, well, maybe, and it's like, oh wow, he sold out the showcase. It's like, what? And like, you know, wow. playing like, you know, New Mexico in front of 150 people, like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, you, yeah, most places we were showing shit. up to were, were just beyond what we had expected. So maybe it's just the expectations were so What's low. What's another like top three? Let's <sighs> say that's one. The top, that, that's one. Um, I think I mean anytime we played with Thrice was always like I mean, was yeah. always super interesting just because we were a perfect gateway band where it was like we would be the first sort of screaming band because obviously Thrice wasn't screaming all the time. Yeah. yeah. So we what, be, what era? This was like um, it was illusion. Pri- or? Uh, it was yeah illusion definitely prior to Artist in the Ambulance. So yeah, so it was illusion of safety. We did a lot of like we did like West Coast stuff with them. Went out to uh, yeah mostly just like w- uh, West Coast and Southwest with them. So I love I, how aware that band is. 
like and how cool they are with like taking support bands like oh even God, recently yeah. like they took out yeah. like animals as leaders and like yeah. uh i don't know but like shit like that or oh brother yeah and then and then like when i saw them like forever it was like with poison the well and totally stuff, and i'm like those dudes just fucking get it. Oh, they because like, they're, they're like, hey, we want to tour with bands that like will challenge our fans, but not challenge them to the point of where they'll like hate life. Sure. They'll be like, you'll probably like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is fucking awesome. Oh, dude, it's, it's great. So yeah, that, I mean that they they are just the continual like if there's blueprints for bands, you just be like, oh, that's a band that you can look at and be like, oh yeah, we, we can try to emulate. Are you that. psyched that they're back? Oh, I'm ecstatic that they're yeah. back. Have you heard just, the new record? I've heard bits and pieces of the new record. And? Yeah, I've heard, oh, it's spectacular. Sick. I mean, it, all it is is just basically them being like, oh, yeah, so this is what we're going to sound like in 2016, which is like, it's it's their heavier moments mixed with their lighter moments, and yeah, it's just, every, I mean, I if you've... Their, their lighter shit. Oh, it's unbelievable. Their lighter, like, Come All You Weary is like, I've listened to that, like, I would play that and repeat and yep. just repeat. And totally. Like, I love that. The, wa- the Water EP? Oh, it's r- ridiculous. Unbelievable. And, and I love, like, The Issue so much. That's my fucking record. Yeah, yeah. But then even that song in, in Exile, to me, yeah, it's like yeah. one of the best songs ever written. It is. And I'm like, like that chorus, I'm like, yeah. get me. So good, so good. Like, just hang it up for me. You <laughs> know I mean? I'm like, <laughs> you're like, well, why are we doing this? Because that one is so good. Like, yeah. so they just, but The Issue, they really were like, because that came after Artists, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Which to me, I fucking love like I saw Under Oath two days ago. Yeah, and to me they play Chasing Safety, which classic to me, of course. Um, and then they open up with uh, In Regards to Myself, Undefined the Great Line. Yep. And I'm like, I can't believe that 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 Chasing Safety was so popular. Yep. And then their most anticipated follow up was so dark. Oh, and dude. So like not poppy. Not and at I was all. Like that's anytime a band does that and just completely like. You know, like when Radiohead Creep was out and everyone's like, Creep, yeah, Creep. And they're like, okay, well, here's this fucking weird right. shit. You know? Chew on this. Yeah, right? exactly. And that's why I was like, you know what? Like, I can't listen to Artists in the Ambulance anymore. Oh, no. I think it just it's hard sucks. To go, it's hard it to go sucks back. Yep. Because, they, because they made it suck. And not because it sucked in, in general. Because that was in high school. Yeah. I'm chasing safety and I'm Artists in the Ambulance and I'm like walking the hallways with that shit. And now I'm like, I can't listen to those two albums. That's a really good point. I've never thought about it in those in, in that term you said where it's like, they made it suck. Oh yeah, and they, that, that's they it's it. such a, yeah, it's such a charming idea of like you don't the band then makes their prior catalog irrelevant because of how great they are. Yeah, which is insane. That is insane. That's interesting. Um, the last thing I want to hit on, more so on a personal front, the fact that like you have taken your love for poker and you've obviously like that still exists. Yeah. You're a huge sport head, yeah. like particularly like golf and hockey. That's what you pay attention to the um, most, or is it more and I'm, honestly, everything but okay. basketball. But hockey is like my like, would take your salvation. Oh, sure, yeah, for sure, right. Yeah. And the, the I find it. Um, uh, I mean, I find obviously anytime you have people in bands that aren't so just like singularly focused, where it's just like, oh, all I care about is music. Because like sure. there is that weird notion where it's like you know, sports and independent music are sometimes like, oh, you're jock, like that. I mean, that's that exists far less now because oh, yeah. clearly it's okay to like sports. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, 20 years ago, it's like, I don't know about that. Um, do do people, like people that obviously get to know you and start to, you know, develop a relationship with you, do they find those things kind of like, uh, I guess, funny? The fact, like once you start to deal cards, people are like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah, because then it's just like, it's a it's a funny thing to be like, Oh yeah, I used to deal in like illegal rooms, and that's just what I used to do. And they're like, that's fucking weird, you know. And I like that the sports thing is like a thing because mm-hmm. now like like people that support Stray would come out and like wear a Rangers jersey to our show because they know I like the Rangers, you know. And people do that for like every time I die, people wear like Sabres jerseys. Sabres jerseys and shit. Yeah. I'm like, 
cool. Like, you know, like, I like that. I think that's cool. And then, like, I'll be walking around. They'll be like, oh, shit, did you see the game yesterday? I'll be like, yeah, Longquist is sick. Like, I'm just, like, going off. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I, I love that. I think it's so cool. I think it, it's, like, <clears throat> the one thing that made the social media shit so cool is that you can have a personal relationship. Like, there's people that went to my wedding that I met at Stray Shows. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're just, like, good friends of mine now. You know what I mean? Right. It's, like, fucking awesome. You know, you can't beat that. And that's what, like, I feel like people in other bands that aren't hardcore mm-hmm. miss out on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, to me, that's what, like, hardcore is. Like, ever, like I'll never forget, like, there was a promoter um, from Texas that we were booking a headliner and we really wanted to play his venue. And he was like, no. And we're like, what do you mean no? Like, right. do you have another date? What other date works? You know, they're like, no, you're just not welcome here. And we were like, not welcome here. And then I caught the guy talking shit about us on Twitter because we say we're uh, alternative hardcore, you know? And he's just like, what the fuck is that? Like, making fun of us and shit? I'm just like, I was like, all right, whatever, dude. Like, you know, like, yeah, people, don't, they don't get it. You know, like, they, they, they look at us and they just think, like, we're quote-unquote whack. Like, I've, I've gotten into this thing. I won't name any names, but, like, sure. I've gotten into this thing on tour once where this guy who worked for a band and he was friends with all of my friends and just didn't like me for, like, no reason. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I was, like, first day, like, what's up, man? You're friends with, you know, one of my best friends. Like, I heard you're, you're a man. Like, I'm Tom. Nice to meet you. And he's just like, yeah, what's up, man? Cold like, shoulder. All right, weird. And then it would just go on. Huh. And I'd be like, whatever, to the point where, like, we just don't fuck with each other. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't fuck with you now, you know, because you don't like me because you think my band is, you know, whack. Right. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I have bands, I have people I'm friends with and bands that I think are literally terrible. Mm-hmm. But who cares? Like, people like their band. Like, that has nothing to do with me. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, I could be friends with this person. So, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what tangent I just went no, on. No, no, no. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but, I, think, I think it's an important thing because I, I think a lot of people obviously attach... <laughs> what you do creatively with you as a person, rightfully so. Sure. But, like, you don't have to appreciate a person's art to appreciate them as a human being. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I, you definitely can just appreciate someone if you respect them, but it's like, how could you not respect someone just because of, like, you know, you just met me. You don't know who the fuck I am, you know? Totally. So it's like, I don't know. The way, like, not that anyone says this, but it's been said before, like, by that promoter or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, I do get, like, pissed off when someone says like we're not a hardcore band just because we're not we don't sound like bane you know and it's like we can still sound like whatever we want but i still tour like bane you know what i mean like literally like bane because i would see bane and i would see them open up their van at the fucking you know tgif in in long island right and that they would have a mattress on the floor of their van and that's how they slept yeah i did that right like i'm how are you gonna say i'm not a fucking hardcore kid yeah yeah. because of the style i choose to play because i like it right like well, there's definitely because I, I think I heard I recently heard a description I thought was apropos where it's just like you know punk punk is is an aesthetic. It's you know I mean that obviously it's rooted in ethics and there are many different components of that. But like where it stands right now, it's like you know punk is definitely an aesthetic. I mean yeah. when you can go into a clothing store and describe punk and person would be able to outfit you as such, yeah. like clearly that's a look. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas like the you know hardcore is definitely more intrinsically like yeah of course you could do the the you know uh, traditional uniform of mm-hmm. you know whether basketball jersey or you know whatever like youth crew like there are ways to dress like sure. a hardcore kid but the the ethics like you said where it's like you sonically may be completely different from another band but like you're experiencing the same things mm-hmm. like and you are as long as you are are, are rooted within that community you're going to experience the same stuff yeah. even though you may not sound like you know like you said like Bane or whatever exactly and then that's the guy that 
and you know the guy that thinks that thinks I don't deserve to play this venue like what because I haven't earned it like right. motherfucker I've earned it you right. know what I mean like I literally would eat white rice for a week because yeah. that's all I could afford for 80 cents a day right. you know what I mean like don't tell me that like now I can't play your fucking 300 cap venue you know what I mean? Like, I just want to play it because I saw Converge play there and it looks sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you take your music to, you know, this venue. And I'm like, man, like, fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm just like, you know what? Like, it's funny you say I'm, like, not hardcore or my band's not hardcore, but you literally aren't just not hardcore. You right. know what I mean? You just don't fucking get it. Right. Because you just think I'm whack because, you know, your friends think I'm whack or whatever. It's right. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's pointless. <laughs> me, 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 yeah, it's it, it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a waste of your time to even entertain. It, that it's idea. funny because like me and Jesse do this other band, Tradewind, that like is like kind of death tones, like thrice, like kind of shit or whatever. Right. And like we always talk about like, oh, we'll be cool to tour this band. Like, yeah, but they probably won't because of our bands, Stick to Your Guns and Stray. Like, of course, always, like oh, they probably wouldn't like us because of this, you know. And and it's, it remains to be seen. But we're always just like. Me and him, I guess, always have a thing where we're just like, oh, they're probably going to think we're whack because of our Because band. of this. Because sure. we're on Sumerian Records, you know, like, it's right. like, dude, it's a fucking record label. They give us money to make records. It's like... Right. You don't have to paint us in this corner. Yeah, like, I mean, we're not doing something like asking Alexandria, but I still, you know, slept in a van. Still ate white rice. Is that not good enough for you? you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I guess it's a little... little. Is it a chip on our shoulder? Is yeah, that yeah. Well, no, it, I mean, it, it is because they're... You're, you're being miscast. You're yeah. being viewed through a lens that you obviously have no control yeah. over, and you're just like, well, like I know what my not experience not is. regularly. Like yeah. uh, to be honest, man, like like I'm friends with people now that like that are my friends because they, you know, there's a mutual respect. You know, yeah. like yourself or you know Andy Williams or you know Corey Brandon. Like these are people that I talk to like regularly now that like I never thought I would. You of know course. what I mean? It's like, and it's because you guys are hardcore. You know what I mean? You right. guys get it, and like there is like a mutual respect and. And, you know, you see it. We have a shared experience. We've so many shared experiences, you Mm -hmm. know? And same with Andy and same with Corey and all these people that, like, I grew up worshiping. Yeah. And now it's like I'm sitting in your fucking kitchen. (laughs) It's like, that's crazy. You know? And it's like, and and to me, it's like, that's what's so special to me. And and I'm sure I'm like that for people that it's like, oh, these people paid $10 to come see me one day. And then they also got an invitation to my wedding. You know what I mean? It's like, it's cool because it's like, there is no fucking boundaries. I'm not some kid that like Taken or some kid that like Norma Jean or like every time I die or I'm not some band that they paid to come to my show. It's like, we're all fucking totally in it because we all got connected. It's a, le- it's a level playing field. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, th- and when anyone else destroys that level, it's like, to me, I'm like, you're, you're fucking you're done. Yeah, you're, you've lost the point. You're out. Yeah, you're fucking out. <laughs> well, this has been, this has been great, Tom. I really appreciate you so hanging fun. out. I'm glad yeah. we could, we could probably do this for another four hours, but I a think thousand percent <laughs> could. I'm a New Yorker. I don't shut up. <laughs> well, thanks dude. Yeah. Fun, fun discussion, right? We went a lot of places, and uh, I'm glad about that because uh, it's 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 fun for me this far into the show to be able to uh, go down different rabbit holes. Because obviously, for those of you that have listened to this show for many, many times over, you noticed the same line of questioning. And like, not in a bad way, just in a way that it's like, I want to paint the full picture of a person. And it's not like I want, I don't want to ask them where they were born and raised, because that is an incredibly important part of where people, uh, who people are and where they come from, obviously. So I I just like it when I can kind of, you know, go down different roads and have you, the listener, be like, hey, that's a good road. Way to, way to go, man. So anyways, the music for this show is now provided by Lowercase Noises. Just Google Lowercase Noises and you'll find it right away. Listen to his music because it is great stuff. And I interview him on an upcoming episode of the show. It's a really, really insightful conversation that we had late at night in a hotel room. There you go. 
<laughs> That's where these discussions happen sometimes. So visit the show's website, 100wordspodcast.com. Email me with any sort of feedback, suggestions, ideas, or just to say hello, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. And please, if you haven't, come on, write a review on iTunes or just toss some stars the direction of the show. We do appreciate that. And as always, the Amazon affiliate code, you can pop into the show notes section of whatever podcast catcher you use for your phone or if you're listening to it on a desktop you'll be able to see the link it says amazon affiliate or please support the show and you can do that and we get a kickback it's a great way for you to contribute to the show financially without actually spending any money on me or sending me money that's that's a better way of putting it because i guess technically you could order me gifts through amazon that'd be a weird thing so don't do that just buy stuff for yourself and then we get a kickback (laughs) (laughs) anyways thank you very much for listening and uh next week is a person who uh i'm very excited to speak to it is jasmine white glutes from the band no joy and for those of you that aren't familiar with no joy do some research because they're an incredible band has released multiple full lengths and um just just does the whole indie rock thing the right way so we'll speak to her next week and uh yeah be safe everybody You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. All right, come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.